Contrary to what you might deduce from watching interviews or reading quotes from those who are often the loudest voices representing Christians in the U.S. these days, people like Jerry Falwell Jr., Franklin Graham, or Paula White, in contrast to those voices, uh, you are not, in fact, required to get a lobotomy to be a Christian. Throughout the scriptures, God frequently encourages us to observe all that is going on around us, to take note, to truly observe it, and to question what it might mean for us. Our story for today, Matthew's telling of the Easter story, is a great example. When the two Marys, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, approached the tomb where they had helped place Jesus' body on Friday, there's an earthquake, and the huge stone that had been rolled into place in front of the entrance to the tomb had been rolled back. And an angel says to them, in verses 5 and the beginning of 6, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He's not here. He has risen, just as he said. Then notice what he follows with. Come and see. Come and see the place where he lay. I love Dale Bruner's take on this. Dale Bruner was a longtime professor at Whitworth University. He writes, the, the angels come and look is the gospel's invitation to scientific research. The angel does not say, oh, don't look in there. Take it by faith. Don't ask questions. Instead, the angel invites the women to check out the facts with sense. Jesus wants his people to be honest, to think about their faith, and to be able to investigate its problems. The angel's command to empirical investigation is wonderfully free and rightly heard can protect the church from anti-intellectualism. Anti-intellectualism. That's the end of Bruner's quote, and isn't that a great word for these days? Okay, so let's be honest and think about what it was that Mary Magdalene and the other Mary found when they looked. An empty tomb. It's a cave-like thing cut out of rock. An empty cave. That's essentially it. The strips of linen that they had wrapped Jesus' dead body in, those were also there, but the body itself was gone. They had been the ones who had actually wrapped the body, the dead body, and placed it in the tomb. At that point, they had been devastated by sorrow and grief. They had loved, they had learned from, they had cared for Jesus for years. Like his other disciples, they had seen Jesus heal people who were sick, give sight to those who were blind, restore limbs, 
return peace to those who had been filled with demons. They had heard Jesus teach that God loved especially those who were oppressed, overlooked, cast out, and uncared for. They believed that Jesus' presence meant that God had not given up on them, that things were going to change and that there would be true justice and true peace in the land. But all of those hopes and dreams were nailed to the cross with Jesus. They all died and were buried with his dead body in the tomb. And now that here they are. The body was gone. And they were being told it was because Jesus had been raised from the dead. He was alive and was not in the tomb for that reason. If, if that was true, it would be the most mind-boggling, life-changing, world-changing event in history. And all of those hopes and dreams might also come to life again. But all they had to go on was an empty tomb and a missing body. For all they knew, someone could be pulling off some sick joke. And if that was the case, then Jesus' body might already have been totally desecrated. I love the honesty with which the Gospels are told. With all of this in mind, is it any wonder that we read in verse 8, So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy. Afraid, yet filled with joy, and literally filled with great joy. Dale Brunner relates a funny story about this paradox of emotion, fear and joy at the same time. He was teaching this passage at a retreat for Presbyterian pastors, and someone expressed skepticism that people could feel both fear and joy simultaneously. One of the other pastors raised their hand and said, I can personally attest to the truth that a person can feel fear and joy at the same time. I am right now. I just got married. Now, that's a bit of a lighthearted way to get at a very important truth for us to acknowledge. And that is that just because we have hope in Christ and we have deep joy from his love for us and his power over even death, that does not mean that all of our fears go away. Too many of us have been told a lie that if we truly had faith, then we would not be afraid. If I did my sermons extemporarily, I would probably have just cursed in response to that lie. Still, let me say as strongly as I can, that is a lie from the pit of hell. In fact, 
Notice that both the angel at the tomb and Jesus himself expect the two Marys to be afraid. In, verses, in verse 4, we hear the angel say, or well, actually in verse 4, we hear the guards' response to the angels. The guards, these Roman men, military men, are afraid of him, so much so that they shook and were paralyzed with fear. They became like dead men. So the angel said to the women, do not you be afraid. The NIV live, leaves that out, but specifically the, the angel is saying, yeah, this is a fearful situation for them, but don't you be afraid. I know that you're looking for Jesus. Then they run into Jesus himself, alive, in his body, confirming the truth of the angel's message. Even so, Jesus says, do not be afraid. In part, the reason he says that is because he's pretty sure they probably are afraid. Even though at the same time they are clearly overjoyed, verses 9 and 10. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, great joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them, greetings, he said, and they came to him, clasped his feet and worshiped him, truly overjoyed. Yet then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. As followers of Christ, we can be afraid and joyful at the same time. That, for me, is good news. Because I know that at times I am afraid. As we are invited and encouraged by God to observe the world around us, there is reason to fear. The spread of a deadly virus around the globe that has caused the death even of one of our own brothers, Ken Hunt Sr. The loss of millions of jobs and income from the shutdown, not knowing when we will be literally within reach of many whom we love and miss. Seeing the structures that we have looked to for justice and help further corrupted and even destroyed. And all of that is before I even mention cyber warfare, climate change. There is good reason to fear. And yet, our reason for joy is greater. This morning, like Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, we run into Jesus alive. His resurrection to new life is the dawning of the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. It happened at the dawning of a new day of a new week. God announced a whole new way for life, for a life that can be and a life that should be. And in one of the most beautiful revelations of this new way of doing things, Christ chooses Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to be the first witnesses of the risen Lord. Women told men the good news. No mansplaining there. 
All those things that Jesus taught about God wanting God's people to care for those in poverty, those with illness of both body and mind, those in prison, those without love, all of those teachings were validated as God's true heart when Jesus was raised from the dead to new and eternal life. All those things began to come to life then and there and are God's desire here and now. And maybe more than any other reason for joy, we rejoice because death itself has been defeated. Again, verses 5 through 7 from the angel, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus. And he clarifies, I know, the dead one, the one who was crucified. He's not here. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go and tell the other disciples, he has risen from the dead and is going ahead into Galilee, and there you will see him. And then verse 9, they run into Jesus himself. Suddenly Jesus met them. And funny, the first word from beyond death, it's even too nice the way the NIV has it. It's basically, hi. That's it. Hi, and then don't be afraid. What tremendously good news for us to hear, life after death. While all around us we read and hear reports of the numbers of persons who have died, this morning we meet Jesus, risen from the dead and promising the same new life to all people. Now with Christ all things are possible. Centuries ago, centuries even before Jesus showed up on the earth, Micah was given a vision of a whole new day, that Hebrew First Testament scripture that we read. Particularly the part about God's, all people, all nations will flood to be in the presence of God, to learn from God the ways of God. And God will judge between many peoples and settle disputes for nations far and wide. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up war against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Every person will lie under their own vine and under their own fig tree, and no one will make them afraid. Someday, no one will make any of us afraid, for the Lord Almighty has spoken. That was the vision that was given to Micah of a new day. And Peter saw that new day come, come to life and begin the dawning of that new day. It's what we read about when he wrote his letter. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, in God's great mercy, God has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for us, who through faith 
are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time, the fullness of it in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, we greatly rejoice, even though now, for a little while, you, have to, you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. And there it is again. Rejoice, even though we also grieve. Fear and great joy. So hear the good news for all of us. The truth of Easter, of Jesus' risen to new life, does not rid us of all fear. Yet our reason for joy is deeper and greater. Thanks be to God.